Next voice message. Hey, Alex. This is Eric with Multnomah County Elections. Uh, you uh, had called in about getting a, a ballot for this election. Um, unfortunately, you uh, registered after the registration deadline, uh, which was October 16th. We received the card on the 19th. Uh, and so, unfortunately, you're not eligible for this election, but you will be registered for future elections. If you have any questions, just give our main phone number a call, 503-988-3720, and staff can assist you. Uh, unfortunately, the person who you talked to didn't notice that your registration was after the deadline. So, anyhow, uh, please do call us if you have questions, 503-988-3720. Thanks so much. End of message. To erase this message, message erase. Fuck. That is embarrassing. That is gonna leave a mark. Mom, I'm sorry. Welcome to Landline Podcast, a triumphant return to conversations that used to be important. On today's show, it's a Landline Potpourri, featuring a member of Alex's family, our keto diet expert, Max the Marine, our famous guy in LA, Gabe, and Mitch, the Portland family therapist. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced keto. And we hear from listeners on the landline answering machine. I will read anything you put in front of me. Here's your host, Alex McKay. Hey, thanks for listening to the Landline Podcast. Remember, call the landline 503-894-8480. We're going to do a holiday gift-giving adventure. The gift is going to be you giving me some feedback on the voicemail, 503-894-8480. Say why you're thankful for Landline Podcast, and we'll play them at the season's end potpourri show. Speaking of potpourri, we got an election night potpourri, 10 days after the fact. Let's listen to the Landline cast discuss the election. Landline. Phoebe, what? Are you annoyed? No, I'm just pissed off that the country sucks. All right. Do you not want a podcast? I mean, this is just gross. Well, why is it so negative? There, it's like it. I. What's? I mean, they got the house, but um, I just think it's really sad that we live in a country that. People don't care about the environment or gun control or any of these things. All right. Well, I agree with you about the environment. That's what I was going to bring up to you. Not once has even like the Democratic coverage mentioned any people running on the environment. So. All right. Well, I thought you would like be be having a fun Rachel Maddow like rosé fest or something. So I thought I'd call you. No, I mean, I'm watching. I've been watching it since six o'clock, but. I think it's going. There are plenty of people who just no one runs. 
Unfortunately, Alex, no one runs in the environment, but that doesn't mean people don't care about it. You always say, like, well, no one cares about the environment. I mean, now hopefully they'll, the House will bring back, you know, bans on whatever kinds of emissions and stuff like that. People do care about the environment. All right, well, I, I want to tell you lovingly that you sound over um, over negative. Like, I think that they... You, you realize that the Senate map was, like, very difficult for Democrats, right? Like, this wasn't going to be a big Senate night for Democrats. What did you want to have happen? Yes. yes, but there was a chance. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, I'm sorry that— Look what's happening in Florida. Florida, they're, he's gonna, they're, it's going to be a Republican governor and uh, potentially a Republican— it's just, it's just, I mean, you're the one that has the kid. It's just gross. This place is fucking gross. Well, Florida is gross. People in Florida should sink into the ocean and all their strip malls and condos should too. I mean, Florida gets what they deserve. Well, we're all in it. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think the Senate in Florida is over yet. You should channel surf. Maybe the, maybe the channel. I did. I watched Fox for 30 minutes. Oh, wonder you're in such a bad mood all right all right i'm sorry i mean james carville is the one he's like this is not good do you want to call max and do a three-way on the keto diet because that's actually what he was hoping happened tonight no i'm over the keto diet it's disgusting and it's really just about eating whole foods all right you basically over calorie on the keto diet at least i do i'm just really listening learning about my body i just then eat so many calories it doesn't even matter whole grains and always balance eating a protein with a carb if you're having a carb and the carb yes should be a whole grain but it's just whole foods right which also goes back to your environmental thing like they are just because someone doesn't come out waving the flag as vocally as you do, like, environment first, it doesn't mean that people don't care about it in a different way. They get to the same point just from a different angle than you do. Well, I'm trying to say that a place where we could be bipartisan is on the environment because we all want to survive beyond 100 years from now. So Right, but these the- fucking white, disgusting old men, it's like that's also what the problem is. Like, Elizabeth Warren, fuck her. Nancy Pelosi, she's really going to do anything? No, I've told this story a million times, but I saw her in college. My then girlfriend and I went to see her speak at the Rotunda at Columbia. And Who she was your girlfriend? She wasn't really my girlfriend, but um, and she was a complete basket case then, and that was 400 years ago. yeah, four hundred years ago. <laughs> she. I asked a question and she was completely dismissive and flippant and wouldn't answer it and was a jackass to me and then like stormed out. Nancy Pelosi has been an asshole her whole life and anybody who's ever heard her up up close knows that. So, um, And why are we giving Ronnie all of a sudden tells me yesterday his fucking parents have American citizenship. They live in Beirut. They've never even voted. What is wrong? Like... I don't even want to be part of the Democratic Party. Well, Why no, do those people have citizenship? Well, no Democrats do want to be part of the Democratic Party. That's why the Democrats always lose. It's like, it's just... I mean, what kind of logic is that? And how, that's at least a rich Republican says that they want 
you know, that they want white power and their own money and not to help anyone. Like, Ronnie's, he's like a fuck, they're, he's faker. Like, that's just so fake. His father was a general in the Beirut army, and he has his American citizenship and is like, I don't believe in voting. I just have a passport to come here and visit you kids. Well, fuck yourself. I pay taxes for you. I don't know. If I the, would rather have a caravan person have his passport. Have they done, has MSNBC done the um, caravan voting breakdown? Have they done one of those blue and red graphics to see how the caravan voted? No. All right. Well, I don't know if there was a Beirut army. Um, I'm not trying to like. Wait, yes, he was a, yes, there was. Beirut, the Lebanese, or... like, like either the, the PLO or the Lebanese. Um, the Lebanese army. Or the Republican National Guard or was. whatever. I don't know. I think I, it's just so... All right. Well, I'm, I, I'm genuinely sorry you're upset. I do think from like a podcasting level that you seem as if you set yourself up to be upset tonight because it seems like the Democrats might win the House by like 30 seats and we got told that the chance of the, the Senate happening like at least we did at least the models didn't get everything completely wrong like last time like at least you know nobody is telling anybody the truth and we live in like a bizarre facebook russian putin dominated universe like this is things are going as they predicted Mm-hmm. all right yeah it's like a c plus average you know who likes that it's like nothing ever changes but the Democrats will now have control of the House. Like they can now investigate the president. They can now, right, they can, all, like, law, like rule. You know, uh, in order for a what's it called? In order for a um, bill to become a law, you have to have it passed through the House of Representatives, the Senate, and the president. And now, obviously, given the complete distaste for the current president there's nothing that the democrats are going to do unless they see it being to their advantage this might be a situation where the where trump who's completely self-serving starts compromising with the democrats over things that even some republicans don't like because that's that's what he likes to do is see himself succeed and you know you're right about judicial nominations and all that kind of stuff but you know, tonight wasn't about electing Trump or not. Tonight was electing people who were up for election, and the people who were up for election uh, on the Democratic side got elected. So I'm just trying to talk you off a ledge. Like, I think you're going to see a better situation for your point of view the next two years than you did the last two years. So I think that that's an incremental improvement. That is true. All right. How's Ma- Rachel's outfit? Donna Brazil got her stomach stapled, it looks like, and she looks amazing. She has, like, silver hair. But then... What uh, channel is that? That's ABC. We get it on our digital antenna. We're toggling between that and PBS. Um, Mm. But Chris Christie got his stomach stapled, and he's still fat. And I was just, like, wondering if there's anybody else who's been fat after a stomach stapling. Rex. um... Ryan. No, the coach. Yeah, Rex Ryan. Good one. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Okay, I want to go now. All right, bye. Landline. 
It's election day in America. I hope everyone's getting out there and exercising their right to vote. If you don't, you get to get more insane. Um, love you guys, and I hope you're well. Goodbye. Landline. Jack told John King to stop touching the TV. <laughs> Gabe, you're on the podcast. I don't like to be called directly on the podcast. All right, well, my sister just sounded like she was going to jump off a bridge, and she ranted <laughs> for 20 minutes, so you can't be worse than that. Do you think... Why? It's, it's, all, it's all a fine... It's a fine night. Exactly. Isn't this incremental progress and that there's no way that Trump will be able to do as many things in the next two years as he did in the last two? I agree. I still hate Florida. I just hope it just sinks and goes into the ocean. Yeah. All right. Just tell Just give us three minutes on John King. You've been obsessed for like 15 years. That's why I called you. <laughs> He just keeps touching the TV, and it always goes to Broward County, and it always never does anything that matters. Okay, you have one of the worst cell phone addictions of anyone I know, but what do you think John King is like at his cell phone? Like, how many screens has he broken <laughs> in his entire well, life? They, like, they keep showing Wolf Blitzer at the desk, and in the background, it's like half of John King's body just like touching the TV and then staring at his cell phone over and over. Uh, okay, I can't talk anymore. All right, thanks. <laughs> Bye. Landline. Hello, Landline. Um, new day in America. I hope everybody got and voted and uh, all their wildest dreams came true. Um, I hope you're well, and I miss you guys. And uh, uh, give me a shout. Peace. Landline. Landline. Hey, how's it going? Good. You're all mic'd up now. We got cl crystal clear sound. Oh, nice. Sound like you're like sitting away from the microphone. Well, I'm right next to the microphone. I'm just away from the speakerphone. So just do your best to, right. to hear me. Well, feel free to speak up then, so I can hear you. <laughs> okay, so I just thought I would do like a fun landline roundtable around a couple of. Um, people and see you know what they thought about what was going on and it I called my sister and it sounded like somebody had just um, maybe died in her building like not a close friend but somebody that she knew and it was just kind of weird that there was some death around and sad for that somebody person died in her building no but that's what she was acting like because of the election results uh, um, why are the Democrats not doing well or is she a Republican now and they're not doing well? She is disappointed that they lost the Senate and she's worried that they're not winning the House by enough, I think. But do you just think, like, how have you reached the level of nihilism you have? Because, like, maybe need, everyone needs to take a little bit of a page about it, your, out of your book and, like, not become so obsessed with these results? Or, I mean, the irony oh. of... You, like, being a Marine deployed to foreign lands to defend our country with the fact that you didn't even vote today and don't really give a shit about what happens is, you know, not lost on me. Um, well, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't characterize it like that at all. I would say, um, 
me not voting is uh, an act of like um, um, civic responsibility. I don't this idea that just because everybody can vote is uh, that they should vote is completely idiotic. And it's just this talking point that these, you know, mindless people keep parroting. If somebody doesn't know anything about economics or foreign policy, they have no business voting. And if they're, you know, driven by some sort of emotion that's going to, that's dictated by like some, some social issue that's relevant to them in their head, and that's how they vote, then that's even more irresponsible. So no, I would say people not voting because they don't know who to vote for or because they don't know anything is uh, what they should be doing. That's the responsible thing to do. I mean, obviously, the more responsible thing is to learn about those things, but you know, not everybody's got time to do all that. Isn't it interesting how we've just sort of given up um, on people actually being informed voters across the board uh, in the way that I think we used to like that, the idea of like civics in high school and then that extends like being an informed voter. I, I, I guess I'm agreeing with you that um, people don't, obviously most people don't get to the level of informed that you're talking about, but we have, we have more time than we've ever had. We used to have to like milk cloud cows and, you know, cut wheat down in the fields and then like shine our shoes and like fix our belt and make dinner and clean up and then like put the storm windows down before the cyclone. I mean, all we do now is just dick around on our cell phones and our computers. We have all the time in the world. People just don't want to yeah. get, get informed. Yeah, there's there's a laziness component to there. Sure. I won't deny that. Um, I do like these. But, I mean, these... things are also like more complicated now. Like the economy now is probably harder to understand than the economy in like 1950. Yeah, I mean, I guess who knows? Or we've all just been dumbed down by this talking points, and nobody even really knows how what they're saying affects themselves. And I guess I'm, I feel like that's probably well, true. The, on both. the real question is. Uh, is Phoebe not doing the keto diet anymore? Because if she was in full ketosis, I don't think she would be uh, feeling down. Her hormone level would just be elevating her mood constantly. All right. Should we try to get her to pick up again? Because I asked her about keto and she says she's off of it and she's angry about it. And she says it's just she over calories when she does it. Do you want to have a fight with her about it? No, I mean, that's a that's a, a different pod. That's like a five-hour pod. I tried to get into it with Saul the other day, and it's he, uh, he didn't hang up, but he basically was, was not having it. Um, I mean, he was interested in it, but it's just it's too long. It's too in-depth. And I also don't really know enough about it to be, like, really um, – to really be, like, that informative. But, I mean, that's the good thing about the apps. You know, maybe that's not something – that uh, you're happy about, but like if you get one of these carb tracker apps, it helps you. You know, you're not. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to be in, in have the exact right amount of carbs. Oh wait, hang on. There's a cop next to me. I got to put the phone down. There's an ambulance driving by too. Hang on.
Okay, hang on. Okay, so we're anyway, not gonna, so we're not going to go. Yeah, okay, the, the apps, the keto apps, and then I've got a story for you that that is going to tickle your fancy. Okay, yeah, the app is really good because it's um, it just gives you like general guidelines as far as what to eat and how much to eat, and it's easy. You just type it in. Now, I would say that um, you probably need like a little food scale to get really to get as accurate as possible, but that's not hard to get. And um, then, you know, I would say that she probably wasn't eating enough fat and probably wasn't eating the right kinds of fat and also not eating the right kinds of fat early in the day because um, that if you do all that, it satiates your appetite a lot that you end up eating considerably less than uh, than you you know what otherwise also don't be afraid to get out there and beat up the pavement for a couple hours every night yeah it's going to sort of offset any any sort of slip-ups you might have in the kitchen i will say that she lives in an apartment in the city and i know she goes to a lot of workout classes she's always going to a workout class but those are expensive and i'm not saying she couldn't just like run around lower manhattan you know seven to nine but it's just not really what like people in manhattan do you know so I think that yeah, I mean it's some of the best jogging in the world. So she that, could just go ahead and just do it. Yeah, that, but those workout classes are good too. You know, yeah. get a membership at like a spinning studio and burn a crap load of calories doing that. I remember my dad used to ride like a stationary exercise bike on like Saturday afternoons um, in the upstairs, like in his in his bedroom where they had a TV. And I don't know if you remember those old exercise bikes, but they were sort of like a, you know, one unit piece of sheet metal with like a bike housed within the sort of like larger exercise function. It wasn't so, you know, like a spinning setup where you can kind of just bike on a regular bike in a stationary situation. It was like a, a unit that you bought. You couldn't ride the bike anywhere other than the exercise bike. I guess those still exist anyways. Yeah. He would just get in his tidy whiteies and his like V-neck undershirt and just and his his like horn rim glasses or whatever they were. They were like wireframe glasses, his big red mustache. And he would just pound that exercise bike for like <laughs> 25 minutes and it would fill the entire house with the same sound while he just like blasted college football on the TV. It's kind of it's I mean, is there anything more 80s than that? We just don't see we don't see pictures like that exist in our universe anymore. That is, I strive to yeah, have that's that. Not, uh, that's not what they're using on the uh, Peloton commercial. Uh, sorry, my sister would. Um, she just was started texting me. I can't believe the landline is getting in, interrupted by texts about Nancy Pelosi. We got to turn that. Um, notification it wasn't off. about her roommate who, who died or something. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I had like a verbal conflict this week and I know that you're highly, <laughs> highly entertaining. Somebody who was making a sandwich for you at a deli? No, it was, um, with somebody I play ultimate Frisbee with. Landline. Let's check the answering machine. Messages 28 saved message. First voice message. 
This is your final courtesy call before we are unable to lower your credit card interest rate. Press 1 to speak to the Member Services Department, or press 2 and your eligibility to lower your rate will expire. End of me message erased. Next voice message. Can you please tell me how to download a radio station so I can listen to the Patriots so I don't have to watch the bells? Thank you. End of message. To erase this message, press message erased. Next voice message. Hey, Alex. This is Tim. Um, I'm calling on behalf of Saul and myself. We are planning a white truffle dinner next week, and we're curious if you wanted to fly down for it. Um, I'm going to have a couple hundred grams of all the white truffles, um, Magnetum Pico uh, arrived from Italy, and I've purchased some older Barolos from some uh, wine auctions. And we were going to do it on uh, just buttered pasta, and then also do like a pretty big tomahawk steak and do a, a cold sea of white truffle that will sort of pour over uh, the steak. Um, End of message. To erase this message, press... Landline, Saul, give me a ring when it's possible. Let's say uh, mid-level urgency, meaning normal. End of message. To erase... Message erased. Next saved voice message. Hey, I just listened to the uh, podcast where a feminist rebukes Alex on the Kavanaugh scene, but it seemed like it was more like the feminist rebukes the person who was actually talking about the Kavanaugh scene. I'd love to set up a uh, three-way or something like that where we could all talk about the Kavanaugh scene and feminism and the Me Too and all that at the same time, because all I heard was a bunch of uh, just uh, gentlemen doesn't know that he's wrong, but he's wrong. But I'd love to revisit that and maybe have a three-way and then we could talk about it. Love you guys. Keep it up. Thank you. Bye. End of message. Message saved. Call the landline at 503-894-8480. I had like a verbal conflict this week, and I know that you're highly, <laughs> highly entertaining. Somebody who was making a sandwich for you at a deli? No, it was um, with somebody I play Ultimate Frisbee with. <laughs> well, it's flat ball, first of all. So it's this guy, and everybody hates him. He comes in with the worst attitude, um, super aggressive. You know, without even having to understand the backstory, I think everybody in the field knows that, like, his dad just yelled at him during sports as a kid. And, like, he's just ne yeah. never given it up, you know? It's just always been – like, we're playing in an all-skill-level pickup Monday, Wednesday ultimate frisbee game where it's all ages you know most people are good good enough to play in the game but if a beginner comes we like sort of let them let them on there and give them a few throws and sky some people have cargo shorts and he's out there in sprinters tights well yeah i mean yeah i mean everyone's wearing cleats because it gets it gets pretty soggy the field um but you know there's like some 60 year olds and everyone kind of matches up by skill level and gender so that you know there isn't any 
big difference. And anyways, this guy, Kent. <laughs> and I don't know if this is racist or not, but it feels like his dad maybe was in the service in the 70s and um, married a woman from Asia. You know what I'm saying? Like, and there's a little bit of sort of maybe there could be some alcoholism um, above hey, him. A half Asian Kent? Yes. Never even heard of that. Half Asian Kent. That's like a very waspy name. Well, I think this all feeds into sort of my thoughts on him. Now, any event, like I the, mean. The real estate agent in Claremont, New Hampshire is named Kent. <laughs> so if, look, he could be like a white alpha male whose father yelled at him on the sidelines of the sports. He could be any color of the rainbow, but this guy happens to be half Asian, half white, and I feel like there's some sort of military background in his family. So he's a, he's a dick every game. He's always a dick. He's always <laughs> yelling at people like, come on, and like, you got to go, go, go. And he's like, come, you know, go to it, go to it. Like a, a Frisbee will go way up in the air, and he'll be like, go to it, go to it, and he'll get so intense. He'll be like, come on, guys. And like everyone who's playing against him loves it because they can get inside of his head because they know everything that pisses him off. Everyone who plays with him is just has their head down the entire day because they're like, fuck, Kent's on my team. I'm wearing it's lights and darks. So I'm wearing the same color as Kent. So here we go. So anyways, he's been <laughs> he's been calling me Zach forever. He calls me Zach. There's and, a guy at my gym who calls me Zach. Nice. Yeah. Max, Alex, Zach. Those are definitely. But yeah, then no one ever calls me Max. And I bet no one calls you Alex. Zach seems to be something that people land on pretty exclusively. So. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Max, too, but... So, whatever. I'm on his team. I at First game, I'm not. Someone drops out. We have to even out the team. So, I get on his team, and we're playing. And people have already been complaining about him, like, when I'm on the opposite team. So, I know that the situation is ripe in my head, and they kind of primed me. And so, we play a couple points. He calls me Zach the first game point, And then he calls me a Zach again after in like a way where he's yelling at me for not doing something. And he's like, come on, Zach. <laughs> and I just snap in a way that, you know, that I do. Um, oh. And I was just like, my name is fucking Alex. Kent. you've been calling me Zach for a year. My name is fucking Alex. Yeah. And he was like, I didn't call. What are you talking about? I didn't call anybody anything. And I just was like, you did call me something. You are. I was like, you did. You, you keep calling me Zach. And, and I was like, you're a fucking dick every time we play and nobody <laughs> here likes playing with you. And you ruin the game for everyone. And I have no respect for you. It's too bad you're, you're so against like recording stuff. That would have been perfect for you, too. So then the, like, boss of the game, this guy, um, Bob, um, not Bob, Don, this guy Don, who I called Bob, which is an irony given this story. Yeah. Anyways, Don is basically like, Alex, that's absolutely inappropriate. He just screams at me. <laughs> so now we're like, we have like a full-on game stop. No one really knows each other that well. Everyone's just out playing Frisbee every Monday, Wednesday, and I've, like, created an incident. And we, I kind of argue with Don a little bit, and I was like, you know, he's a dick. Why are you yelling at me? He's the one who's always disrespecting everybody. And I just say, fine, I'm not going to play if he's playing. And I storm off the field. <laughs> and uh. and I um, get my dog leash and my dog and my water bottle, and I start walking home. 
And, and Don like pleads with me. He pleads with me not to leave. He's like, please don't leave. And he puts his hand together in sort of like a yoga namaste prayer position. Oh gosh. But not in like a hippie way. Like like Don would never use that unless he was tr- really trying to emphasize that, that we were like in a moment in a time where he really hoped that he that I would like listen to his wisdom in this case. Yeah, he really didn't want you to leave. Yeah, I mean, do they? Is it like they need you for like a numbers reason, or it's just sort of a upsetting the herd type of thing? He just wants you to stay. Well, so, yeah, I mean, exactly right. I think that in his core, it was a numbers thing. And Don really takes the Frisbee seriously. He's like 55, and he likes, he needs this exercise. Never gets too amped up, is a great sport, organizes the email chain, does everything. He really didn't want the numbers to get lower than five on five or six on six, because then he would have been screwed for the last half hour. But also, I think he, he saw it as like a moment where his community could potentially fracture. And he needed to step in and protect what he feels to be probably one of the more valuable things in his life. And I mean that supportively because it's pretty amazing having like a pickup sports game every week, Monday, Wednesday. I mean, that is you can agree that that's pretty choice with like an hour of like hardcore aerobic exercise. Yeah, I mean, I do that every day, but yeah. Um, But team. Well, the. um sort of a tinderbox as it is so i'm not surprised all right so um, so there's a little coded to this story and then i'll let you chime in because i can <laughs> see on the recording line that i've been talking the whole time but basically i decide to stay i listen to don i completely mail it in the last two points i'm on the same team as <laughs> kent kent doesn't say anything i sort of like we just lose we hurry up and lose i don't look at kent once And then, like, I just get my shit and start walking away after the game. And I turn to, like, make sure I didn't forget anything. And I see that Kent is, like, already gone. He's, like, clicked his cleats together to get the mud off and walk towards his car, which is what he does every game because he always ends up losing because his team spirit is awful and he runs everyone down on his team. And they always end up just, like, fucking it up even if they have more talent because he totally spoils the pot. So then I end up like talking with some of the people afterwards and I start explaining myself to Don and to some of the other people and Don's like, yeah, but you know, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but he's a dick. And I was like, it's bordering on emotional abuse. Like he just rides people at this game. We're all adults here. And like, this isn't okay. It's not okay that he treats us like this. Don's like, I think he had some situation growing up where like someone might probably his heart on him. It's like, I don't really care, you know, like this is real life and like I don't need to be yelled at at yeah. at my ultimate Frisbee game. So anyways, some well, other guys a like half Asian grown up now, like feel free to let it go <laughs> and just play Frisbee. So ultimately, I then basically say like, yada, 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 thanks. And some people support me and I walk away feeling OK, other than the fact that I'm going to have like hideous guilt for the rest of the day, because every time I stand up for myself, I then think about how I was a complete idiot afterwards. So turns out I got an email from Don a little bit later. He thought that a guy named Zach that we played with said something to me because I was guarding him and I told Zach to go fuck himself. And Don's been playing with Zach for 15 years and he's, he was completely confused even to the point where when we had our like little, you know, uh, check in afterwards, I was standing next to Zach and we were like supporting what each other said with Don 
Don still didn't get it until after I left. So the entire time, he thought that I was just telling some random nice guy to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, Frisbee again tomorrow, and I'm sort of petrified of going. I mean, I think Kent won't show his face, but... What, so what are you going back there tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, what do I do here? Like, did I, you know, should I be like, yay, I stood up for myself, and, like, we live in a world where people should say what's on their mind. I was sober. I'm, like, a good steward of that game. I said what was on my mind. I stuck up for other people who weren't willing to say anything. I did what was right, and the guy is an asshole, or... Should I feel like sheepish that I basically did something that like has ostracized me from the group forever? So do we think Ken like just got on his uh, motorbike and went back to the Cobra Kai after Frisbee? I feel like we're bordering on racism here. Like, am I going to be able to like put this up? You know, like, can we? I mean, I'm not saying because he's Asian, because he's an asshole. Oh, okay. And uh, he seems like somebody who would work out at Cobra Kai. And what is Cobra Kai? Is it even Asian people? No, it was like all those white Nazi guys. Yeah, it was all the white guys. Yeah. Yeah. You're the racist, not me. Um, I would say, uh, yeah, I wouldn't really worry about it. Maybe uh, you could take the high road and apologize to this Kent tomorrow and just be like, sorry, I yelled yesterday. you know, it was election day. I was high strung. I don't know. Yeah, but do you, I mean, does he deserve it? Like, you yelled at people in the in your past. Like, do you feel like they deserved it? Like, if you're saying what's on your mind, like, why can't I just, like, stick to my guns? <clears throat> yeah, I actually hardly ever yell at people. At work occasionally, but they don't count. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's not really worth sticking to your guns. Just be like, yeah, sorry. You know, I mean, he'll probably apologize too. I would think, but I don't think he's going to apologize. All right, so that's well, it. What are the chances of maybe you and Kent going to the yurt and getting some uh, counseling from Mitch? <laughs> well, I tried to call Mitch right before I called you to get his analysis from a from a doctor, a, a, a you know, a therapist standpoint of how people are freaking out about this election. But um, he's also obsessed with Trump, but he didn't answer. Um, All right. Well, that's my like acting out story of the week. Yeah, it's a good one. Not not super surprising, but I enjoyed it. Do you think people just continue to act out all the way through their adult life? I mean, I guess they do, right? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's not really acting out, though, if somebody is, like, constantly, like, hassling everybody at Frisbee every week, and then he, like, starts yelling at people, and you yell back. I mean, it's fairly normal, I guess. I think we just lost him. He's much more of a problem than you are. For sure. So that's why I wish I could just own my actions, but I wonder if I've just kind of become conditioned to this world where... People are just constantly passive aggressive. Like nobody's ever saying people are talking such shit about each other behind each other's backs or on the TV network that's safe or, you know, whatever, you know, at a dinner party where they're not invited. And then when you like kind of go face to face with someone, someone and tell them how you feel, it ends up feeling very awkward. You know, and what about people used to like challenge each other to duels? Yeah, yeah. You could chat. Is there some sort of like frisbee version of a duel mm. who can throw it the farthest or something? 
or throw it at each other's like head while they had to have their like uh, hands tied behind your back from a certain yeah. distance. Well, have you talked to Gabe? I mean, he played flat ball in college. Gabe answered the call from landline saying he, you know that I, I he know I know that he doesn't like to be surprised on the podcast. So we didn't get a lot of content out of Gabe. Yeah, yeah. He's too famous for us now. I mean, yeah, like what? What were you going to surprise him with? Like, what is he afraid of? So what are the skeletons he's trying to hide? It's a real question. Landline. You can start answering landline more, and I call it like several times a week. Really? Oh, someone's yeah. calling. Do you want to wait and, and do a three-way if they if they want to do it? Sure. All right. But maybe, probably not, but yeah. Landline. Hello? Hello. Mitch. Mitch here. Mitch, wait. Let me get Max on. He's on. We can do a conference. Hold on. Max? Hello? Mitch? Shit. Mitch? Mitch? Hello? Mitch? Max? Hello? Shit. All right, I'm hanging up on you and calling Mitch. All right, tell him I say hi. All right, bye. Hello, Mitch here. All right, sorry. We It's fine. I needed to get Max off anyway. He says hi. It's been an hour. <laughs> hi, Max. Um, so... I was... I was looking forward to a devil's triangle. I know. Well, he kind of was running out of gas. He'd been sitting in his car for an hour after running, talk to me, talking to me in his driveway, and I think he could have gone forever. So it's good to get him off the phone. Um, what's your? Are you watching news? Are you watching the news? Are you are subscribing to American infotainment right now? I was, but I've um, shifted gears towards um, not watching it anymore. <laughs> well, do you just have any, as a therapist and sort of as a, um, you know, um, a scientist of people and their reactions, like what, what is your, are you too in this to have an outside point of view or do you think this is disappointing for people? My sister sounded like she was going to jump off a ledge because the Democrats weren't going to win the Senate and we all knew they weren't going to win the Senate. So, What's your take on, I guess, Trump derangement syndrome? Yeah, I feel uh, surprisingly measured today. I think maybe the um, nonstop African music, vaping and white wine helped with it. But um, despite that, I mean, you know, it it is the way that it is. So uh, not feeling too... uh, Swayed either way. And do you feel that there's going to be a moment in our lifetime where, like, we have to kind of come to some sort of cultural civil war against people who we feel are dragging us down because of their votes or anything like that? I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but what <laughs> what is what is the long term outlook for an increasingly divided country? 
Yeah, hard to say. I mean, I think actually probably more of my impact today was around some of those local ones here, specifically around some of like the public funding for abortion and all the heated sanctuary law combos. But uh, I mean, maybe some erosion, we can just float off into the ocean or something. Um, That would be save the uh, need to fight. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Are you? How are you holding up? Well, I think that I'm so sick of everybody saying that this is right or this is wrong, no matter what side they're on. And there's so much nuance to what's going on here. And I mean, I care about the environment. I'm going to conferences where people are telling me that the earth is warming more quickly than even the most um, sort of doomsday scientists are saying that the water in the ocean is warmer, that, you know, 75% of the insects in a lot of Costa Rican rainforests have died, causing 90% of the birds in that same ecosystem to die and I just feel like all this is kind of hot air I I, I don't think we have a lot of time left there's never been a faster growth of um, inhospitable inhospitable conditions on earth for humans I don't think it's a hundred years but I think it's a thousand years and you know between that and the growth of population like it's kind of weird that we're the ones who are around to see this but we're going to kind of reach peak planet at some point and I just don't see how any of this I don't see anyone talking about the environment on either side nobody's running on the environment Uh, you know right not growing food in 40 years because of a drought in California, which feeds 90% of our population seems to be something that we should all be talking about now. Um, you know, like these people from Honduras who are walking from Honduras to come here. I saw, I heard a billionaire give a speech this weekend, last weekend where he said that in the next 50 years, instead of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of immigrants, coming from the center of the world north to knock on the doors of countries that don't want them because they can't live where they're living. It's going to be millions. So I don't know. I think there's some basic need being lost. We're, we're creating technology to, to make ourselves make more money and, and to be supposedly connected, but yet we're not making any technology to like suck this carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. That's what we should be working on. So anyways, sorry, you asked me. So I said, but, yeah, that's uh, that's, you know, it, I think this is all kind of like sports and I, I don't really give a shit anymore. Um, how do I know if Bresden or Blackburn is a better candidate in Tennessee? It's just red or blue, you know? Yeah. Well, Taylor Swift, you can look at her Instagram feed and get a clue. Oh, God. Um, but I think it's great. I truly mean this not just trying to find a a point of common cause here because we're on the podcast, but I think it's great that you knew what was going on locally. It feels like if everyone knew that, you know, most of the forests in Southern New England was devastated by gypsy moths this summer and they were voting to somehow figure out how to prevent that, that we'd probably be in a better place. So 
um, whether it's a social issue or a cultural issue or an environmental issue or a political issue, like being plugged into the local issues is probably what's most important. Um, but, you know. Yeah, but it's confusing because all those, you know, it's red, blue, but then there's like yes, no. Right. But it's like no to do the yes. And so, like, even us, I think the news even kind of was listing it wrong because now. Because we had thought that that you know sanctuary law was like not like going to be repealed, but now is it not repealed? So I don't even know. Yeah, the yeses to vote no; those are confusing. <laughs> yeah. So what did Allie anyways, say? Al- Allie's giving me an update, and by the way, she was at a wedding this weekend in Boston that um, the author of Art of the Deal was at because he was the uncle of the groom. And I had so much FOMO that I couldn't go and talk to this guy for about five hours. He would have had to literally call the police to (laughs) get you off of him. You would have been five whiskeys deep just spraying your spit all over his face like with a thousand more questions to ask. It was actually so good that I wasn't there. Oh, my God. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, the Trumpster is just going to spin this into another win for him. The one thing we can guarantee is the Trumpster will not lose one single thing before he's not president anymore. He is just... (laughs) He's going to go down in a flaming... But, I mean, I still, like, follow stuff that, you know, like, there's this crazy... Russian oligarch dude who who's the head of Monaco, the football, the soccer club, who just got like picked up for corruption in um, Monaco, and he's the guy who's like bought these Trump properties for like double the amount that they were worth, and you know in these really elaborate uh, like laundering schemes. So you know, there's certainly seems like still some murmurings uh, underneath this all. Yeah. Well, we'll see who murmurs next. Um, I what, what was the last question I was going to ask you? Oh, with the like 104, 105, 106 thing, did you right. did all those win that you wanted to? Do you know, like, did you write down on yeah. a little cheat sheet what you voted when you left to make sure? Um. Yeah. What did you say about the no on the 105? Oh, yeah, so the news was what we were watching was wrong. So I guess they aren't repealing the sanctuary law. So the no one, which, um, and then the other, the abortion is also a uh, not being, the ones that we wanted were going the way that we wanted. Okay, all right, fair enough. Well, they just zoomed out on ABC News, which is what I'm watching on my digital antenna. And. And um, they zoomed out on Times Square, and the only thing I saw in Times Square was a digital billboard advertising donut fries from Dunkin' Donuts. So maybe that's kind of where we need to concentrate our yes and no votes moving forward. That ABC News uh, screen is sensory overload. All those colors, and who are all those people sitting in that? I don't know. I think that I— Studio. 
watch for five more minutes, I'm definitely going to come. So I'm just going to wait it out just by watching the uh, watching the screen. <laughs> Are you going for three out of four? Oh, yeah. No, that door closed. Don't worry. Um, I'm all alone with my podcast. Two out of four, 50-50. Yeah, not, I mean, two out of anything is better than one. So um, I'll take it. Um, all right. Well, um, thanks for being on the pod. You're welcome anytime. 503-894-8480. And I guess everyone should just hold on to themselves, right? And focus on what they're in control of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you have any, like, just, you know, I don't obviously please don't share anything and I don't want you to be uncomfortable and we all think you're professional and good at your job. And I mean that, um, sincerely, if you wanted to like distill down your sort of like what you feel people are struggling with right now, if you could kind of, is there one piece of advice you could soothe everyone with as a therapist and a, a receiver of sort of struggles on a weekly basis? I mean, if I did, I think I should be able to win the uh, mega millions with that one because yeah. I'm just, holding on with everybody else and that's about the best guidance that I get yeah to uh to pass on so you know small what you're in control of is what you're alluding to so at least we don't have to you know answer to a guy named Newt right now so (laughs) hey there's two ways to spell Newt N-E-W-T and K-N-U-T-E so um All right, Landline Podcast. Have fun over there. All right, peace. Peace. Music by the Pitchfork Revolution out of Bend, Oregon. The best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. Call the landline at 503-894-8480. You're listening to Landline. All right, well, let's get something uplifting here. I got Kellyanne Conway on my TV. We got it. Let's do one more segment here um, that maybe is not necessarily such an existential downer. Come on, you got any stories? Yeah, she's sort of uh, she's too skinny to be taken seriously. She's like got sort of like the I don't want to say like trailer trash look because. That's not super polite, but, like, she does sort of have, like, kind of a, like, a trailer trashy skinniness. She looks, she's looking better now than she did when she first got hired. It's like her face got smoother. I don't know. I mean, she's got to be stressed, you know? I would say her and Sarah Huckabee Sanders have got to be under extreme stress constantly. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is 
a pit bull, and I know that's sort of an unflattering term, but she just stands there and takes it. She's, she's, she would be like a tunneler if she was in World War One. Yeah, she's she's durable. She's very durable. She just really doesn't want anyone to get one over on her. She she'll stand up to anything. I mean, she's pretty good at her job, like in terms of deflecting or like coming up with excuses for some of the things that Trump does or says. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, she's always got an angle. I don't listen to her much, but um, have you ever seen that Mike Huckabee show on uh, like basic cable where he like sort of interviews a couple of country music stars and talks to like a born again Christian and then plays a saxophone on the way out? Uh, I, I've seen, I think I've seen like clips. Is that still on? I've caught it here and there. I mean, maybe it's in syndication. Maybe they're just playing it from four years ago, and nobody even knows the difference. Yeah, he's probably not the most fun guy to hang out with, I would guess. Well, what are you watching on cable these days? What's your reality show intake like? Um, You know, school has really kind of gotten in the way of a lot of that. Like, I got really, really into the last season of Below Deck. Um but I haven't seen any of this season. Um, I'm hoping that maybe over Christmas break, I can sort of just knock out like a bunch of uh, reality shows and maybe go to the movies. I've been spending $10 a month on movie pass for like the last year, basically, and probably only seen four movies using it. That was just what they were hoping you do. But I mean, I'm all right with it. Like I, I want the movie theaters to do well sucks when you know they're going out of business of course it also sucks when there's other people there and it's not just me so i don't know it's kind of hard to find the middle ground there so with the with the below deck which is a yacht crew on a um charter someplace it's a yeah. new, new place every year right like they'll be mostly in the caribbean or the bahamas or they'll go to uh, well, I think it's usually in the Mediterranean. Okay. But I think they have done the Caribbean before. But, like, different home ports in the Mediterranean. Like, this last season was in Santorini. And so they've got camera crew on the yacht with, like, four to six cast members who are the, uh, you know, first mate, second mate, all that stuff. And then sort yeah. of a, a grisly old captain, right, Who who's kind of playing the straight man? Um, sometimes, but... Um, a couple times this most last season was Captain Sandy. She's like a pretty good looking sort of forty something year old woman. So lady captain, if you will. So then you know, sort of a close cousin of that is Southern Charm. Have you ever seen that show? Uh yeah, it's one of my favorites. Again, I haven't been able to uh I've probably have missed the last like two seasons of it or maybe more. So remember when, like, on Real World, the first season, when, you know, like, Puck punched that guy, and it was, like, a big thing, and everyone talked about it, and, like, Puck almost got kicked off the show, or he did get kicked off the show. And... Yeah, that was uh, the first San Francisco. He's, well, he had, so Puck was, like, the skater guy, and he, like, right off the bat had problems with, um, what was the Cuban guy's name? I think it was Alex or something like that. But he was like he was gay and he had AIDS or he had HIV. Oh yeah. Which like looking back on it, like the reality shows now are all just models that are in really good shape or like 70s 
semi-models who just go out and party all the time. But yeah, real world, you know, they came they came right out the right out the blocks with a the gay guy with HIV and Puck the skater, and they got in a big argument. And then I guess Puck he got kicked out. And I think what you're thinking of with the punching was when they he eventually got kicked out. He sort of stormed out, and the camera guy followed him. And I think he like knocked the camera out of the guy's hand or right. knocked like the uh producer the part of the lens off yeah and like maybe the producer got like some so they, they he got kicked off he got removed from the house and then you know he was back on the like reunion show and we we obviously should talk about a good use for the internet somebody's got to google puck and figure out what's going on there but well by the time of the reunion show the guy with uh AIDS had died. Right, and his boyfriend, who was a feature on the show, I think, came and sort of spoke for him, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, was, it was pretty heavy, like definitely heavier than than uh, below deck. <laughs> but so then you fast forward to Southern Charm, which is about sort of like high society, and I say that in quotes, people in Charleston, South Carolina, going out to parties and, you know, there's some old money and there's some new money and they don't really do anything. They just, like, make plot lines up. The guy, Tom, yeah, Thomas... So there's, hold on, let me get this out. One of the main guys is um, Thomas Robichaud. Ravenall. Like Ravenall. Ravenall. Yeah, Ravenall. He just got, he just got like, his section, second sexual assault charge in the last six months, and I think there was one before that, and that was my point. Well, he's a convicted felon. He was elected as, I think, some sort of state, I think state senate, and he was convicted of something that had to do with cocaine use and I think some sort of misuse of funds, and um, he was convicted of a felony. So, I mean, what is that? Is that us just jumping the shark as society, or... You know, layer all those issues on. We go from Puck to this guy who, you know, sexual assault on one woman, sexual assault on his kid's nanny. One of the uh, main things in this. Well, he, so he started hanging out with Caitlin, who was like 21 or something at the time. And they had a kid and then they broke up. And I think they got to be, got back together and maybe had another kid. But last I heard... Um, Caitlin and Shep were dating, but again, like I haven't seen any of the most recent stuff, so I don't know if they like started dating or were just hanging out a little bit or what. But Max, like it used to be that Puck like shoved the cameraman, and that was like big time. And now this guy is like pinning his nanny down in the upstairs guest bedroom after she's drunk. Like supposedly, him and his other buddies on the show like slipped this other woman a date rape drug in some New York Post thing I saw. So. I'm just wondering, like, is that normal or is that just that we have more cameras or are we just less sensitive to these issues? I mean, how does this guy survive this long? He's clearly a complete dirtbag. I mean, if it's, let's see, Thomas and Shep and um, I can't remember the other guy's names now. Not Um, Alan, but the. the, Yeah, I don't I don't think they would slip anybody a date rape drug. I watched quite a bit of that show and haven't haven't gotten that vibe. Um, they do, they did. Uh, I mean, is that like confirmed, or you just read that in some article? No, I mean, in the New York Post, they supposedly his buddy like 
broke into a window to open a door to be able to like slip a drug in some chick's drink so that later on she was all drugs and then they tried to like get on her at the same time. Yeah, Whitney is one of the other guy's names. Um, He's had plastic surgery. Who, Whitney did? I think so. You see that in his face. Uh, his mom probably did. She's like a she's oh. like a cartoon character. Yeah, that lady's got um, a weird werewolf wear, Yeah, see, now, like, I really wish I'm, I'm bummed that I missed so much of that show. Um, yeah, it's a good show. It's a really good show. As far as, uh, what was the question? Do they give people roofies? I don't know. I doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> no. The question was, do you think that there's been a decrease sensitivity to the issues around reality stars acting badly as we've progressed. I mean, clearly the, it's a rhetorical question. Clearly the answer is yes. It all relates well, to, yeah. I mean, our, our threshold has increased. I mean, look at music used to be, you know, a, like opera and now we have uh, uh techno. So yeah, I would say it's everything sort of increases naturally. Or decreases, depending on how you're looking at it. Yeah. Well, I'd say the intensity increases. All right. Um, you know that Steve Aoki, at all of his concerts, he gets a big sheet cake and throws it at the crowd? Who's Steve Aoki? Yeah, he's like a big techno DJ. Gotcha. Well, how do you feel about sheet cake? It's kind of a big buzzword around my my family, especially when my sister and, and my wife get together. Um, I haven't had a heck of a lot of it, but, um, my thinking is that it's, it's very bland and like sort of pointless. I mean, I would just assume get some donuts, you know, I couldn't disagree more, but I do think that you represent a faction of the population. I mean, it's, it's, it's like the most basic form of cake, right? Like it's not good. Well, it's sweet and it's got that sweet sort of buttercreamy-ish frosting and I think it just kind of hits a zing on your on your sugar spectrum that you don't get. I mean, I'm sure else. it tastes better than like biting into raw cauliflower, but in terms of other desserts, I would not say that it tastes good and I don't think anybody would choose it over almost any other kind of dessert, like a big moist brownie or some ice cream. No, I don't think so. So I, of course, am completely against commodity food, or at least I say I am, but I will tell you that speaking of moist brownie, and if we want to try to find the convenience store of value, I will say that the cosmic brownie from Little Debbie is something that I can endorse. Landline Podcast endorses that product. The If you're going to eat junk food, first of all, Little Debbie has been in my past forever. The zebra cakes, the fudge rounds. Um, the Swiss rolls and the jelly rolls. I mean, that was kind of the four. I never, sometimes you would get those sort of crispy, wafery, peanut butter, chocolate, uh, waffle type candy things, but those were nutty bars, I think they were called. But yeah, yeah I will speak in my language now. I mean, you're missing the, the best one, the oatmeal cream pie. Oh, by far the best. And I can remember right before driver's ed in high school. Remember that old vending machine that would rotate around. You would press the black button down and it would rotate all the options. It'd be like turkey and cheese on a oh, Ky- yeah. Kaiser the roll. Doors, you like slid the little door open. Exactly. And you got to that was such a cool interface and design. You kind of put the money in and then you had all those different sliding doors and the 
machine would know if you put enough money in to open that door. Um, and there'd be like a vanilla pudding or whatever. But um, I think that it was oatmeal cream pies that were in there. Um, yeah. Or no, what were those hostess competitor giant Swiss rolls? They had a they were they weren't it wasn't like Big Eddie, but there was some sort of like giant disgusting chocolate and cream thing. But anyways, I would just eat that, and I feel like a fresca before Driver's Ed. Um, can you yeah, imagine? I think that they, there was some sort of like clear, sort of not that sugary soda. I actually had a fresco last night, by the way. Um, there was some sort of like like soda like that. I think it wasn't. Tell a... you what, I would I would damn near walk to hell and back on broken glass to get some taco pie right now. All right, talk about the taco pie. This was a middle school, high school treat at our cafeteria. I don't even really remember exactly what was in it, but it was mashed potatoes with like ground beef and all the taco fixings on top of it. Right. So and like melted cheese. So they would make the they'd make a sheet pan, what's called in the industry a hotel pan full. And first they would layer a bunch of seasoned taco meat and of course they were just like, you know, the biggest um, school grade saltiest taco seasoning that you could get and it was delicious and then some sort of ground meat now we had a privately owned cafeteria that was owned by this Harley Davidson guy Dave Charbonneau so there's yeah, a chance drone. there's a chance that on the spectrum of like grass fed to Taco Bell that the beef was someplace in the middle but anyways they would cook that up probably with some minced onions, and then they would let do a nice thick, like one inch thick layer on the bottom of the hotel pan, and then over that they take like a rubber spatula and just spread another like one and a half inch thick layer of mashed potato pearls, so like instant mashed potatoes, and then I think that they then did uh, shredded cheddar cheese on top of that. And they would bake that sucker yeah. in a like a you know one of those commercial rack ovens with those two doors that opened, or and then they would put it out in the steam table for all of us to line up at eleven fifteen, and slop it into one of those sort of styrofoam plastic coated bowls. And we got to, did they layer the? No, we got to put the toppings on right the salsa and the shredded lettuce. No, I think that. We got to put our own salsa on it. I think everything else was already on it. Tomatoes, diced tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. And then when you like when it was perfect, like all the grease and stuff from the meat would like soak in and mix in with the mashed potatoes. It was like it was, it was one of the best things I've ever eaten, probably. And we and I don't really remember. You know, I remember sort of as I got older getting made fun of for things that still haunt me. But I know that I sort of got made fun of for taco pie, but it was in like a supportive way. And was that because I ate it so fast or it was so messy or it was like disgusting to watch me eat it? What was it about? You don't know because you were also made fun of for taco pie in a good way. Yeah, I don't remember that. I mean, it, is, it was a mess. It, it could have it could be a messy dish, especially if like all the fixings were piled high on top. And then when you try and mix it in, it would kind of get all over the place. God, it was good. I can taste it right now. I think that that could be Anna went and visited a friend of hers. She went to college with in New Orleans and uh, he owns a sort of like a 
stoner sandwich shop now where they're making cocktails with like Arizona iced tea and putting like crushed up Doritos on sandwiches and stuff like that. And um, I was thinking that, you know, you could open a place that kind of mimics like the best version of cafeteria food and remake some of these items and people would go nuts. Yeah. Especially with better Ooh, ingredients. What we should try and do is find Charbonneau if he's still around and see if, if we can get him to make us up a uh, one of those trays of taco pie. Not a bad gig, right? Just like run a, like he was running a crew of lunch ladies who thought all his jokes were funny, or at least we thought they thought they he did they did. We thought they did. And then just like slinging out food that you i mean talk you never had to worry about how many re- customers you're going to have at your restaurant you need yeah. you just had like 400 starving kids who are paying cash like it might have been three dollars a head or whatever but remember we would like go to the cashier and pay cash and get change i remember thinking that that food was just so incredibly delicious too okay. i probably would still think that if i had it today Grilled cheese, French fries. Yeah, we had amazing. They had all those breakfast sandwiches. Too? Yeah, right. They had breakfast. Duff? You get, get the, yeah the egg McDuff. Get a sausage, egg, and cheese on a uh, English muffin, Texas toast, whatever you wanted, um, and get ketchup on it. God, we were. How was I not fatter in high school? I mean, I I I guess playing sports, right? Because I got fat yeah. in college. All right, well, that the was 90s, good... man. It was a different world back then. That, that was a good time. when a man could get a duff before class. So you said you had a hitchhiking story. I'm going to talk to my dad about hitchhiking this week. Um, when was the last time you hitchhiked? Uh, I don't think I have any one particular story. I was saying that when me and Sean lived in Colorado, we like hitchhiked all the time, though, just to get in and out of town. And any scary stories? It was just a common thing that the community did. It was it was very common. I think like pretty much everybody did it. Yeah, we just don't live in that world. I think it anymore. was like two K one, two K two time frame. So is it is? Do you think everybody has this problem of wishing that they lived in a time that's gone by? Because how nice would it be to have instead of like Uber and Lyft, have like safe, sometimes somewhat scary hitchhiking still a part of your life, like. There, what are there communities? If there's a community out there that hitchhikes, five zero three eight nine four eighty four eighty. The landline is wide open. I I gotta talk to you because there's just it's just well, I, dropped off the face of the quite earth. Quite a few hitchhikers in the world, just maybe not in this country. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, it would be. I mean, I think people like you and me who like to sort of get out there and mix it up with uh, the everyday folks probably would prefer hitchhiking. I do actually have one sort of hitchhiking story. I think when I was like 18 or 19 or something, I was down here in Greensboro and I was I had takeout from the Mexican restaurant, was bringing it home. I saw this old guy either walking next to the road or hitchhiking. So I pulled over and asked him if he wanted to ride. So he said, yeah, and he got in and he was smoking a cigar and he just continued to smoke his cigar in my car the whole drive to wherever I dropped him off. So I thought it was kind of funny. All right. Well, um, to bring it full circle, not only is Chris Christie on the ABC set with his stomach stapling like extended or gone, 
He's sitting next to this woman, Donna Brazil, longtime Democratic strategist who clearly had a stomach staple and it worked like perfectly. And she looks like a million bucks. She's got a new hairdo. She looks like she lost a hundred pounds and she's just sitting. You know, Al Sharpton does like workout motivation videos now. So he's just sitting right next to her. Talk about in your face. Do you think Chris Christie's stomach stapler, that surgeon is just horribly ashamed of himself? He had a whole like ad campaign planned for Northern New Jersey on sports radio and put a bunch of money into it. <laughs> he's just, just in it. damage control. <laughs> he's begging Chris uh, Christie to come back or at least diet. He's like, I'll pay for anything. I'll pay for all your workout classes. I'd like to know what the time frame was between like when when the last stitch went in, when his surgery ended and the first time he hit like a, a fast food drive through. I bet it was not very long. Do you, are, have you just like completely given up on sports? Like, were you ever a big sports fan? Do you, Cause it feels like you think sports on TV um, well, is you know, jump the shark. Uh, growing up and then rugby and club football in college. Um, let's see. Well, <laughs> So my dad uh, canceled um, ESPN, I think. He said because they didn't want to pay for it and they weren't watching it. But I think really it was because of the uh, kneeling thing. Um, so currently I can't really watch much sports at all except for Sunday night football. Um, and I guess the World Series. Um, but yeah. I don't watch like a whole sports game generally. I'll flip back and forth. I thought we could like go kind of talk about how we disagree about how bad the commercials are on sports on TV. Oh, I think the UNC basketball's first game is tonight. Well, I guess you have your answer. Not really that into it. <laughs> All right. Um, I got to go here soon. I'm sick of talking. Keep in mind, I did intern for UNC football for two years. So, like, you know, participated in college sports. The black woman in Georgia lost, it looks like. Well, you know, there's a lot of talk about the, a lot of a funny business with the votes. Yeah. It's all fucked up. We, I, I think, if anything... I just want there to be one Democratic House of Congress so that um, we can get to the bottom of all the Putin flattering. I think Putin is just, I think that shit happened in that election, that 2016 election that we're all just forgetting about. And I think we got to get to the bottom of it. Well, you know, I mean, that's that's a, a different, much longer podcast. But basically what happened there is... Like every every big time successful politician is totally open to all these different possibilities. It's not like this idea that oh Hillary Clinton's campaign never would have taken any information from the Russians is completely idiotic. And so Putin's first of all, Putin's already won, even if he didn't do anything. A just by electing Trump president, because it sort of undermines the you know, gravitas of our elected officials. And 
again, even if all he did was maybe provide them with a little bit of information or just pretend to, then it's already look at how much it's called into question or how many how much people here are calling into question the veracity of our election. So again, right. he's basically already won, and he's sort of pulling these these puppet strings by probably releasing little bits of information and uh, every you know the mindless the mindless hordes that live in this country are just going along with it. But long story short, I would say that he probably didn't Trump probably didn't get anything really particularly useful from them, but they probably did meet with them occasionally. All right. That's it. Got a lot of good content there. Landline.